Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ohio, Mina-san! What's up, weebs and casuals alike? We are Baka and Company. We're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way, either by giving us a tweet over at Podcast or sending us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give a huge shout-out to Akano from SoundCloud for our intro. On this show, we'll have myself, the real estate secret agent, Drew Tendo 64, the master chef assassin, Frank Furter, waka waka, and the mind reading, mind eating, magically average. That's my line. I'm supposed to go waka waka, whatever. Hello. <laughs> You're not allowed you to be excited, only me. No. <laughs> if you haven't guessed it by the random waka waka, uh, the show being reviewed is the hit anime of the season, Spy Family. And do not call it Spy X Family. I had to educate a coworker on that recently. It was animated by Wit Studio and Cloverworks. And if you don't know who they are, uh, Wit recently made Ranking of Kings and Vivi the Florate Eyes Song. It's a very long title for a very interesting show. Uh, Clover also has some slaps from the past seasons like My Dress Up Darling and Wonder Egg Priority. And if you're kind of curious at who directed it, and maybe some of the works that you've seen maybe related a little bit, and I don't know too much about him, but I looked him up. It's uh, Kazuhiro Furuhashi. Uh, the only thing I know him from is Gundam Unicorn uh, and Neo Yokio, and apparently did this other show called Dororo. I can't say those words well. Dororo uh, is okay. a very good, very good animated show back in 2019, which is actually the original Dororo was 
like made in the 60s they just right. revamped it and it's very good okay well i'll have to check that out because it's it's like one of those other shows that has the weird words like uh durada but, yeah uh, that's another show that for the longest time as an english-speaking person i was like i don't know how to say that show name so i'm going to avoid doing it um and a little deeper into what the show is uh it's starring the voice works of iguchi takuya who is lloyd forger uh if you kind of hear his voice and think, huh, I've heard him somewhere before. You may know him as Soye on uh, Reincarnated as a Slime, uh, Domas on Ranking of Kings, and Hanma on Tokyo Revengers, which is one of my favorite shows from the past seasons. Uh, and then we have we go over to Hayami Sayori. Uh, she's doing Your Forger. And as the queen that she is in this show, she's also Lady Music Musiki on uh, Kotoro Lives Alone. Shinobu on Demon Slayer and Fubuki on One Punch Man, which once you start hearing her, you start piecing all of those together. And I like how how a lot of these actors aren't just like, I'm the big tough guy. I'm the like kind of Mary Jane character. They, they have a lot of growth. Uh, and last but not least, we have the true queen of the show. Uh, Tanazaki Atsumi, who is Anya Forger, or she's also Nikki on Dr. Stone. She's Vivi and Vivi the Florida Ice Song and Emporo on Stone Ocean, which is kind of very different in what she typically does for voices. But that's just the gist of it. Um, the basis of Spy Family, if you're new to the to the show itself and you're listening to this before watching the show, which I don't know why you would because that's very confusing. Um, we have Lloyd Forger or Twilight is his um, secret agent name and he's been tasked with Operation Strix, and the point of Operation Strix is to prevent all-out war between the two countries, Ostania and Westalis, um, regardless of what's going on in each political sphere of each country. The main goal is for him to get into contact with... Uh, I just lost his name. It was here. Donovan, right? Uh, Donovan Desmond? Yeah, that's right. Donovan Desmond. It was the... I couldn't find the Desmond part. Uh, he's gotten in contact with him uh, in order to prevent and pretty much talk him down from all at war. Uh, he moves to the bustling city of Berlin and he dons kind of the disguise, quote unquote, of Lloyd Forger, who is a psychiatrist. And that is the worst cover I've ever seen someone pick just because of the situations he gets in. But from there, Lloyd uh, has to or Twilight has to get a family in order to get in contact with Desmond because the only way he shows up, Desmond, is through social gatherings at a very prestigious private school, apparently, that all the elite kids that we'll get into later, not really elite, um, go to. And in order to do that, he has to, number one, get a kid. And that's where we get introduced to Anya, who is a Peanuts. telepath. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> She's a telepath. Uh, she can read minds. She doesn't let anyone know that she can do this, which I think is really cool, because, like, if you could read minds... Would you tell people? Hell no. No? I, I would no. I would tell them after the fact, after you make bets, like bet you a hundred bucks I can guess the number you're picking. Yeah, nope. and then that's when that's when the guy that you just skimmed a hundred bucks off of goes finds his other friends, and then you're at the bottom of the lake. That's why you do it yeah. three towns over. Then you're at their bottom of their lake three towns over. Oh. With cement fine. shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um so Anya, we find out very early, 
She's not the brightest, but she tries. She tries very hard. Oh, how she tries. <laughs> and, and tries is a it, strong word, too. <laughs> that's she's, also true. She gets she's up motivated on by peanuts, and that's about it. It's There's not much peanuts. behind that. Well, and she's motivated by television. That's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> two very exact things that motivate her in life. Yeah, like um, most kids. Bond, man. I feel like that's most yeah. kids, though, right? All they know, you know, yeah. Just, if, like I babysat kids growing up, but just throw them a bag of peanuts and throw on Dig- some sort of Digimon. TV show. Yeah, it's fine. They're fine. Fuck them. <laughs> They're fine. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Twilight finds out that it's kind of frowned upon to be a single parent in this community, in this whole town as well. So his goal is then to get a girlfriend and he enlists the help of his informant friend, Frankie, who's got the wildest hair I've ever seen for an anime character. Uh, well, no, you haven't. You, mm-hmm. you need to rewatch I, the I, video then, my good sir. Yeah, well, I was like, there are plenty of other crazy hair. And Jojo. And Jojo. Yeah. Yeah. He's just got an afro. Yeah, he's got curly it, hair. But it's nice. And I it's take a offense nice to it's that, very... good sir. I have very curly hair at times, too. So me and Frankie get along. Your best buds? No, we don't. No, I don't no, care. I'm don't. not. Not you. You're not Frankie. You're you're lucky if I even call you by your real name. You're known as shithead, or what's his nuts? I don't think you've ever what's called his me peanuts. Either. Ooh, there <laughs> oh, you go. Oh, there you go. Tying it back in. Whoop, there whoop. we go. So Lloyd does this very shifty thing of stealing documents from City Hall, finding all the single women, all the single ladies, and he finds. A couple that he's interested in, but I guess he just can't make those connections. And him and Frankie kind of narrow it down that, yeah, we got to do a lot of work. But Yor kind of presents herself to him. Anya's getting fitted for some clothes for school. And Yor's like, well, I need to cover. I need to get a boyfriend. And that whole thing takes off. But before we get into the deep, dark depths of what that happens, I'm going to open it up to the floor. So, Frank... When you watch like the first, I'm going to say first three episodes, were you hooked in that quickly? Did Spy oh, yeah. Family? Uh, so, I mean, I guess a little bit about me and Spy Family. I I am caught up to date with the source material. So, like, I knew exactly what was going to happen kind of going into this. So I just wanted them to adapt it well. And I mean, as soon as the episode one came out and I watched it, I was like, yep. They did a damn good job, and I just, I mean, I was i was ready for the rest of it. i Just knowing what, what was ahead, I was i was along for the ride and excited to see how it would play out. Just like, you know, what like what else they would add to the story or what else they would add to um, kind of just, you know, fill, fill in a little bit of the gaps. And just within the first episode, I was like, yep, this is it. This is good. Awesome. And... Magically average. Would you say you were about the same kind of level there or are you a little higher? Or how did you kind of feel about that? The first three episodes there? No, I think I'm in the same as Frank because I too am caught up on source materials. So going in, I had an idea of, you know, what to expect and I was just excited to see it animated, but I was more shocked and, and we'll talk about this more later on too, I imagine, but I was really surprised at how well they were able to fit three chapters three to four chapters into the first three episodes like they spent a lot of time detailing out very specific pieces of where like where they were located 
the geopolitical state of you know where he was infiltrating the fact that you know it was as you noted very suspicious if you don't have a wife and kids at a certain age like the, all the dynamics that went into him creating the cover of Lloyd Forger and going and adopting Anya and then meeting your just happenstancely at you know the local tailor like they spent a good amount of time diving into those details because they are very important to the story but also that it just makes it more interesting than kind of skimming over it and kind of giving like the narrated backstory of like here's the state of everything and here's why he's doing this and now let's get into the action stuff like they were very meticulous meticulous and methodical with their approach and i thought that was excellent so yeah first three episodes in i was like no this is gonna be stellar no doubt well and i i find a lot of shows that are doing adaptations lately do exactly not what spy family did they do that whole like narrator like what i what i want like the whole once upon a time and and it takes you kind of out of that whereas i find spy family was a very active story like we weren't we weren't treated to flashbacks we weren't treated to flash forwards we weren't treated to huge recaps we got them occasionally but it it felt more organic in my mind um and i i I was someone who only read the first volume when it came out and exactly. So like the first three episodes are my first volume. Like that's the the best part is that it was almost too accurate. I feel it was watching what you just read come alive. And I've been along for the ride the whole thing. Cause I remember last year in one of the other um, discord groups, uh, Frank and I are a part of, we had some people talking about the, spy family and how everyone should get up on it it's really great it's getting an adaptation you're missing out if you're not reading it and to me i was like okay well if it's being animated do i really need to read it now and everyone was like yes 100 percent. read it right now just go so i grabbed the first volume the week it came out and i was like oh this is pretty fun and yeah. i think i think it's a great like show to to get people interested in anime and if there are people out there who are still on the fence about like I don't know what kind of shows uh, on anime I might like, or I'm not, I don't know what genre fits me the most. Like this to me is a good intro if you're looking to get into something like fun, but I have also been told really soon it's going to get serious. So that's kind of the other side of anime that I like. I like good story and I like, like meaningful story. I don't want some a character to, to, die just to progress the story i don't want a character to have a love interest because they have to save them every episode i don't need more of that stuff because that's that's all been done and spy family doesn't do that do you guys feel about the same or yeah i would agree i think when frank and i had been talking about spy family on the baka bite episodes the one common response and, and, and opinion that we both had about it was that it's not like spy family is reinventing the wheel it's it's not like they're being over the top right like the 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 location that they're in it's just cold war us versus soviet union in berlin germany right like that's basically what the template that they took for this particular the 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 area that they were going to have all of these different events take place in like that's the premise of it that's the espionage all of the missions that are happening, it's all sort of around that idea of like, okay, this is like Cold War, Cold War era style 
like war tactics, things like that. Nothing new there. The introduction of like three characters that have quirky abilities and different per- personalities, nothing new there. Like there's nothing too over the top. It's not like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where it's like fucking mystical genie people coming out of your body that have weird superpowers. You know, it's it's nothing crazy like that. But the beauty of Spy Family is that it's done so well with very like just standard pieces of of, of anime trope. I won't even say tropes, but like pieces of anime characteristics that you would think like this could be done in any situation and it could be boring, but Spy Family somehow does it really, really well. And why is that? And I think, I think it's, it's because, oh, go for it. Sorry, I thought well, no, you were I was, leading in. Well, I was kind of leading into the, what Drew had said, which is I think it's just, it, I think they do it so well because of the story aspect. Like the, the story is what really pushes it forward and the way they tell the story and how they set up the different pieces of the plot line that build into the, the overall story. I think that's where Spy Family really excels. And you're seeing it, re, you know, reading it in the manga and you kind of get, you know, the sense of like, you know, there's a lot of things happening. But it's not until you see it animated and you you kind of get a real feel for just, you know, how every scene plays out that you finally get to see, like, you're like, okay, this is immaculate. Like, it, it is so well done from both manga and anime that you're just, you can't help but think, like, it's just a masterpiece. Yeah, and I think the, just because they they really wanted to focus on making it, I think one of the key factors in what makes something good, and I think it's something we've really kind of discussed in Bakabites, in which it's, like, basically to all the shows that we've discussed in Bakabites that we praised over the past year, the things that they have in common are that their characters are well thought out and have, you know, you're given either their full story or their being because it's simple or if they have a complex past or whatever, it's not just here's all the explanation, here you go. If it's it's if it's a simple character, perfect. Just give me the simplicity of it, give me what I need to know, and we'll move on. If it's a complex character, tell me what they're about and then move on and get back into their past or their present or whatever character development you're going to do for them later on. And then the second thing would be like just making that the world that they live in believable. It may not like, it could be a fantasy world. Like we can look at Mishoku Tensei and say, Hey, this is a really good show because the world building is so good. Well, the world building is like so good because they make it feel like those characters belong in that world and they make it feel that that world is just, it's so well thought out that like the people fit well into it. Just throwing just Joe Schmo into Mushoku Tensei and just saying, okay, here's your powers, go figure it out. Like it wouldn't have been good. And I think with Spy Family, the way that they created complex characters but not overly complex characters they're like here's her powers and here's a little bit about her past we'll dig into that later or here's a bit about his past but we'll dig into that later and here's the world they're living in and this is why everything that they're about is believable the fact that they could sell that so well is why the show is so good and again like you said they're not reinventing the world this has been done before like it's just so 
well written and well described that it's it's that's why we think it's fresh and new because it is just so good so it's it's a matter of what story can they tell from that information and so far the story we've gotten has been minimal but very good and and it's just such a just downright enjoyment too because it doesn't always have to focus on the story they generally try to tie it back in like even with the episode of like just kind of jumping into it even the episode with the castle and having to you know have lloyd go capture anya away from frankie like that whole thing is just like a side plot but they manage to tie it in being like hey guys we need all our agents here because this is critical to the main mission. Why is it? We don't know, but Lloyd says it is, and we're going to believe Lloyd. And it's just like being in a believable world like that. It's like, Hey, this guy holds that much precedent. Everybody looks up to him. What he says is law. If he says this is important, this is really fucking important. So it's just one of those things that everything is so well done. Like the characters are well thought out, well written, and well executed and the world is so well written well thought out and executed that everything seems believable in this self-contained world and that's just the power of it not even to mention any of the comedy that's thrown in there too because holy shit is there a lot of comedy like when you look at like bare bones like spy family is, is a spy show right but they don't I have to agree with you. They don't go too fantastical with anything. Like even with Anya's limited like telepathy, she's not reading a particular person's thoughts. She's not finding everything out about this kid in her class to cheat on a test. The cool thing I find with Anya is she's got really cool power, but she hears everything all at once. So like when she's sitting in class for that first exam, She's hearing like, oh, man, I don't know the answer for this one. Oh, my mom's going to kill me. What did I have for breakfast? She's kind of getting bombarded and she has to do that little bit of like focusing to be like, okay, this kid is answering the third question. This kid is doing this. And even still, like she she has a hard time. And we get treated to that a couple of times with her in class because then we find out she's not doing too good in school. But again, it's part of her chart. Like that's the wonderful part. And we didn't even touch on it, but your is a professional assassin and just her first mission that we see her active. It wasn't anything insanely like over the top. It was, she's going into this hotel, sees a bunch of dudes. They're like, you're not supposed to be here. And she does like some matrix s kind of stuff and like gets through it. But she's not like breaking a window, throwing a table, like 800 guns, unlimited ammo unable to be shot like she's a, just a really good assassin but i wish she was on or like not i wish she was unable to shoot no um no yeah she's a very good assassin but she even has her like quirks and faults in which like i think it was after like immediately after killing everybody she realizes she has blood on her like one and only dress or her favorite dress. And she kind of like breaks that assassin characters is like, Oh, that's unfortunate. This is my favorite dress. Like I got to go get this dry clean now. Like sad day is it's just little things like that, that it's just, that makes the characters believable that it's just, you know, they're not just there for one purpose. They're, you know, they can be believable in a mother figure or father figure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, it's 
overall well-rounded show for the fact that the characters are just well thought out and they're written. humanized. Yeah. Like they 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 have a base. They have like ambitions, likes, dislikes like Anya and her peanuts. Um you're with her terrible cooking that nobody can trust. Like they all have a reason to exist. They all have a reason for the plot. They all have like again, great writing. Um another part I wanted to get into is like we all know who the best character in the show is. But Frankie. Okay, so magically average, who's your favorite character? Uh outside of the main three? Or like we I would say yeah, because like the main three, everyone's gonna pick Anya. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's because yeah, you're not wrong. Because like, why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, yours 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 pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, and especially She's, in the last episode. It, yeah. it, you know, you, you got me with the ditzy comedic behavior that she exhibits too so you can you can get me there but yeah anya's anya with is too adorable it's hard to pass her up as best character but i i think outside of the main three um it's it's hard to say right now truthfully i mean we we probably have more episodes with frankie in it than anyone else that are would be deemed like a side character um i looked it up he's in five of the 13 it's a five of the 13 yeah because i mean we have we have anya's uh, dorm headmaster or, or uh, Professor Henderson, I think. Um, we've got her classmates like uh, D- Damian Desmond, son of the right wing or left wing or whatever wing person who is in charge of the trying to overthrow the government and then start another war. Um, we've got those little twerps involved. You know, episode to episode, her best friend, who's like a part of the third richest family <laughs> in the country, Becky, Becky uh, Black Bell, I think her last name is. Yeah. Um, so like, there's there's some reoccurring characters. We just don't get a lot from them yet, I would say. But I, I think from those, I would have to say I like Damien only because he, he he's a little prick. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but uh, you see the development of growth in his character because he he comes off as a very pompous kid like you know my dad you know oh everyone likes me because of my dad and everyone knows my dad is and they just want to get to my my daddy right but then that's what it says on the outside but on the inside he's like i really wish my dad would just notice me like i try to do everything that my older brother can because his older brother goes to the same school and is a is an imperial scholar so he's like an honor basically an honor roll student and he's like you know, all that my dad cares about is him. You know, I have to show him that I'm at the same level. And, like, you get a deeper, like, get a little bit deeper into him in a couple of the episodes. Plus, his relationship with Anya kills me. And there's no funnier inter- interactions, I would say, between two characters than between Anya and Damien throughout this the first core of this season. But there, are, I will just say, and there's no spoilers, by the way, for what's happening, in, you know, in the future. But there are so many great characters that we've been like sprinkled in and yet to be introduced that have that same amount of like development that we get in like a Damien and a Frankie. And it's that part is just even more enjoyable because they're like the sheer amount of people that we're going to meet that are going to come back in different sequences and, you know, different events taking place. Like that's really exciting for me. And I'm sure Frank's in the same boat too. Like, seeing certain characters oh, yeah. come to come to lie like come alive it's gonna be so much fun but 
Yeah, 100%. I think for now I'd say I'd say Damien, little dickhead Damien, little little ding dong Damien. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I mean, short answer, my my character outside the main three is definitely Frankie, um, because he is the com- the comedic relief. He's the aside from the family that just throws a little bit of more chaos into their lives that Anya doesn't. He throws the adult chaos into their lives. So um, Frankie to me is just, it's he's such a funny character. He's just a guy who's trying to just get by and just do his job, but also find find a girl, which I don't know, that may be like more towards the future. Eh, it's yeah, it's more it's, of a joke in the future than anything. It comes out a little bit. But it comes out a little bit. But um, if I had to pick a close second, it would definitely be Yuri Breyer, yours younger brother. Fucking, not to say like ugh. you know to, not to say that like you know it says anything about me uh like i don't have a sister complex but like his character he is says. so fucking funny like his obsession with his sister is hilarious and, and like the fact that the closer he tries to get to her the more he just ends up getting legitimately hurt because your just physically injures him on accident all those interactions are just fucking hilarious to me. Like, it's it's so good. It's so funny. And uh, it's just like his character just adds that also a little bit of element of tension into the story because he is with the secret police. Like, his it's he is another very well-written character. And for Lloyd to figure out his background, not background, but like what he does for a job, just straight off the bat because of an old training manual is just great. Like Yuri, Yuri's a very well thought out character and I sad that he was only in like two episodes, two episodes with an ending before he was introduced, but um, I won't really count that. So to me, it's sad that we only got him for a little bit, but his character is really dang funny or at least the interactions that he has are really dang funny. Yeah, he's he's interesting to be like that kind of a character because you'd expect like when you we do find out his background and working for the the secret police that he'd be a little more cutthroat. But like he's got he's got business mode and he's got like sister mode, and seeing those like two kind of worlds of his collide, like I I enjoyed that. But my favorite character has to be Henry Henderson because I always like the like. Louis Armstrong kind of like big perfect men who are like, ah, yes, everything is professional and normal. And then to see them break is always like my little joy because like something will go wrong, whether it be like Alphonse and Edward Elric are here today destroying stuff. But with Henry, like he has such a high level of like everything needs to be this way. And then just seeing his interactions where he's like trying to figure out who Anya it really is and what she's all about. And he's like, hmm, elegant, truly elegant. And he's like just hyped up on that and just. He's or she just a, he can't just get the pin on her because he doesn't know if she truly is elegant because she does have those moments of just pure, just stupid luck. Or if she really is just an idiot. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, her it's... test her test scores to get into the school were just bare minimum to get in. Exactly. Yeah. But also also his character development, seeing him go from like headmaster level position to 
not so much and having to like supervise these brand new like troublesome kids was just ridiculous because like again you always expect the headmaster to be kind of like in a Dumbledore type position where they're gonna have their favorites they're gonna try and coach them but to see him just like the school's like no man you you destroyed this guy in an interview like you can't can't keep being a and he was also the son of one of the founders or something yeah it's all like one of the board oh once yeah yeah it was just all politics as to why he got demoted which i mean it makes sense you can't really just go and absolutely decimate your co-worker Mm, i don't know I, i i would say there's there's some workarounds there i think you could the one thing i'll say though about the side characters that we've mentioned is that they they got a lot they got a good amount of screen time obviously frankie got yeah. the most but the, the one nice thing is that even in the limited amount of time they've had in this first core they've they have been built out in some capacity like to where they don't feel like forced characters like that are just there to fulfill a particular role within like the story it's like no they have meaning and purpose behind them and they're naturally going to grow into those sort of characters as the story progresses. Like, like Frankie is the comedy, com- the comedic relief, but he, his job is, is an, as an informant. So we see like how his role and his relationship with twilight grow, but also, you know, yeah, he does have that com- comedic element to him. Um, same with Yuri. Like we get a small little tidbit on why Yuri has such a fascination with your, and it's because they lost their parents at a young age and, he basically your had to take care of him like as in the home. And then he was the smarter one. And he always wanted to like basically boast at his, at his intelligence to her and, and listen, you know, get some sort of appreciation or um, response from your basically being like, yeah, you're doing such a good job. You're great. And that's why he praised me. Yeah. He, yeah. He just wanted to be praised. And you know, that's where their relationship is. Um, you know, same with Damien, obviously, and his relationship with Anya or friendship with Anya or not even friendship, rivalry with Anya. <laughs> and then uh, the headmaster is a little bit less, but we still see like how he interacts with the kids and how that kind of expands, too. So the, the nice thing, and Frank, you said it really well earlier, too, is just like everything feels like it's natural in the story the characters have yeah like they're the characters are alive like they're built to perfection to fit in with not only the era that this story is taking place but also the plots that are taking place like the locations like everything about them is feels like it was like made with a lot of thought behind it and they knew from the start exactly where they wanted them to go so nothing feels forced nothing feels awkward they all feel really well built in to the story, the setting, everything. So it's just it's it's really fun having those types of characters on top of your main, you know, your main three characters too, because that's just adding to everything about the show being as good as it is. Yeah, we got those layers, we got those like moments, and we get like parts of the show that just stand out from each other. Like there's one of the weird things before I kind of delve into like what, what moment kind of I, I was adored in the show, but um, very early on uh, twilight goes to save Anya in um, like a hideout. And he rips open a bunch of bags of flour and there are the one of the guys is down there. He's like, don't shoot. You'll ignite everything. And I remember I was at a 
bakery at a young age and they were saying like i had just overheard a conversation where they said that was a problem like having too much flour in the air it can be combustible if the wrong thing ignites it because flour unfortunately it's all it is is tiny little molecules of dust almost and it can combust so i was like the fact that they took the time to put something again real world based in reality into the show means they took extra care in reading sources, materials, get doing research. And they could have taken the easy way out. They could have just been like, Oh, you, I can't see him. I can't shoot versus like, here's a scientific reason you can't shoot. But to get into like what really grabbed me for this show, like I was along for the ride the whole time, but just on her first day when Anya, like tired of being picked on tired of Becky being harassed, just tired of everything. And just like, cold cocks like poor little Davian right in the face and just like drills them like the whole animation sequence for that I w- it's one of those scenes where you're like I need to know how much they spent and I need to <laughs> like if possible when they go up for auction I need to buy a still of this like I need that I need history in my in my life and it was just uh like a moment in the show that kind of caught me off guard but it was a very enjoyable moment but, Damien uh, may be a lot of things, but poor is definitely not one of them. Yeah. Oh, well, he might be missing a few <laughs> teeth, so he might be a little poor in that department. There you go. Yeah, Tooth Fairy's not going to give him as much money now. But um, Only a Mercedes. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really funny you actually brought up the flower thing. I didn't know about that, but the funny thing about that whole scene is maybe five seconds later, Lloyd is in there shooting a fucking gun. Yeah just <laughs> annihilating people like he annihilates people like with martial arts or whatever but then you do see a few bullets ring out and you're like hmm i don't know about that one bud yeah just why, throwing caution why? in the wind yeah but um i there's a lot of like favorite moments and you know we can go episode by episode there's definitely a moment in each episode where you're like yes this was the laugh out loud moment or this was the the standout moment of the episode I do want to say that some of the subtle jokes in the show, like, just so well done. For example, the best subtle joke, it's not even subtle. It's not. It's blatant. Freaking Anya's, uh, she was experimented on as a child, and her code in the science lab or whatever is 007, yep. which is just James Bond. It's a spy show. It's just, it's so freaking, like, it's tongue-in-cheek, and they know it, and it's great. But the my favorite just moment, let alone episode, was definitely the, the dodgeball fight. There are so many moments within that whole dodgeball fight that you could just point out and be like, yeah, this is why I really like this episode. The two standout moments are of this episode and just why this episode is so freaking good. I know, Tyler, you would probably argue it's when they go into the backstory of the beastly kid in which he's practicing dodgeball in the park where he's throwing it and bending fucking light poles. But to me, it's uh, when Damien is just out in the open and the ball's coming his way and his two little crony friends just fucking dive in front of him and one of them just gets annihilated by the ball and the ball bounces back to the big guy and the other one's just laying on the ground and he just doinks him with the ball. He just like, plop. That whole interaction... Because they slow it down, 
they give him like this like meaningful <laughs> like I'm doing this so you can survive and like they go into the future and what the future may look like or some shit like that is just him the, so... gives him the good old thumbs up as he's just about to get pelted yeah. in the brain yeah he's like I'm doing this for you live go on it's okay don't worry about me and then just fucking just pelt just decimated it's great but also the whole scene with Anya and her time to shine with the ball it's just such a standout scene it's standout animation it, it the scene if you haven't seen it i don't know why you're still listening you should just be watching it in which anya learns from yor how to throw a dodgeball perfectly and deadly and with accuracy and anya goes through these perfect motions and you think that she's actually going to you know maybe get this kid out because she perfectly deck Damien after learning self-defense from Yor. So you're thinking, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe Anya's got this. Maybe she's going to absolutely decimate this kid. She does the whole fucking drawn out wind up and then just hucks the ball straight into the ground. And it she just even bounces named it. to the other side. She named it like Starlight Arrow or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I'll have to look that up because, yeah, that's I, I forgot about that. Yeah, she, she gives it, like, an anime name, like, some bullshit, and just pelts it right into the freaking ground. And it just bounces to the other side. The big guy gets it and just gently Kinda tosses it. it at her, and she's out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that whole setup and execution was so brilliantly funny. It was so good. It just there's yeah definitely the highlight of the season yeah I, I think the dodgeball episode is is hands down like start to finish the most like comedy driven hilarious like from top to bottom episodes you can get uh for me though i i think my most memorable moment from the first core of the season and it's for a different reason than you know just kind of what was in the episode uh, was when Anya gets in to the school, and as a reward, they go to the castle. And so, like, most of the episode's at the castle. And this castle is a part of a TV show that she loves called, called Bond Man. And I think it used to be, like, an amusement park, but it had shut down, so it's just kind of a vacant castle. So they're like, oh, well, let, we can go use it. Let's go use it. And this is what Frank had alluded to earlier with... Um, them bringing like all the other agents to help out at the castle. And, and Frankie does this whole plot of like kidnapping Anya and, and Lloyd has to be Lloyd man and save Anya from the evil Frankie. Uh, but the, the most am amazing thing about this episode and what was really just shocked me when I looked into it was that the entire castle scene in the source material was probably six to seven pages. It was not yeah, long. I I can't remember if it was actually nine or not, but it, yeah, it was, it was short as can be. It was, I mean, it, it, we can definitively say though, it was not a chapter even. I mean, it was, it was no. a very small portion of a chapter. That um, whole episode was one chapter. Yeah. And, and as for any of you who again, haven't watched it, I highly suggest go watching it. But for those who have the fight scene too, at the end where Lloyd man has to fight the, uh, witch your i can't remember what she's called like the like the lich witch or something i don't know but she's drunk 
because she's been drinking wine and, and fucking caressing this big bottle of wine as like a baby for like this entirety of this castle scene, which is funny enough as is because she's only like seen and like she's just in the background of most scenes, just kind of drunkenly waving with her big bottle of wine. And she finally pops out. And you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. And she, like, drunkenly walks up and then goes into immediate assassin mode. And Lloyd's like, oh, shit, I might die. This fight scene was incredible. Like, the animation was astounding. It lasted, like, maybe, like, 45 seconds to a minute. Like, it was it was pretty good. Uh, it was three or four panels in the chapter. Yeah. Like, th- this is all to say that this episode really stands out to me because it showed just how much the animators could do with the source material they had available and how much the directors and you know the whole like crew really put time and effort into like developing each and every episode from the source material like they they in all likelihood it was like they they saw this they're like this looks short could we do something more with it and they were like fuck it let's do it and they made this incredible episode. Does it progress the story much? Not really. It's just like it's this is Anya's reward for making it into the school. So it doesn't do a lot in terms of like, okay, now that she's in school, what's gonna happen next? It's just like the kind of the middle area between those events. But it is so enjoyable to watch regardless. Like it doesn't feel like filler. It doesn't feel like it's this awkward forced little scene in an episode that they just kind of threw in there because they needed the extra time. Like it felt thought out, well-developed and above all else, like they poured their heart and soul into this because the animation alone was astounding. Like it just, it really cemented for me at least just how good this first core was going to be and set a tone too, for the rest of the episodes of like, okay, if this is what we can expect from this episode that had, very little source material to go off of. What can we expect moving forward with the sheer amount of chapters they have out at the time? And, you know, by golly, they hit on it. But it it just really, really drove home that point of, like, these, this team, both the studios, everyone involved, really deeply cares about the direction that the show goes, what they're producing every single episode, you know, how they're portraying the story. And it, again, it just shows in the, in the end product. Yeah. yeah. Also real quick, yours, your is just introduced, I believe as the witch, but um, her name is your Tisha. Your Tisha. <laughs> that was what it was. Your Tisha, the witch. Thank you. And the show yeah. does a great job with that. Like even, even the puns hit really well. Like, like we're saying, the the castle episode, although it's to bridge a gap between two events, again, done super well. And a lot of the time you see in some of these, like I know, although this season is split into two groupings, like for these 12 episodes, I know I personally didn't see too much of a miss. I saw like great product day in, day out. Uh, I saw fantastic story day in, day out. I was invested every, like I was actually coming home from work and it's like, oh, Spy Family's on. And so is like, but Spy Family was always first. I was like, okay, I got to watch Miss Marvel. I got to watch this, that, the other thing. But I was always going to Spy Family first. And that's, that kind of speaks mountains for this, this show. Whereas like I'm prioritizing this, well, as I should being a host of an anime podcast. Um, But 
it was just so fun to watch. And even just in, in passing by with with my wife, she's not huge in anime, but she passed by and she's like, oh, what is this? And I was like, well, you have six hours. Let's sit down and talk about. Funny you should ask. Family. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, also Anya's dodgeball move is star catch arrow. Star catch. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was star arrow, something like that. Okay. It was her quote unquote killer move, star catch arrow. Yeah. yeah. God, it's a beautiful scene. Went Killed s- that dust particle. <laughs> went like super saiyan almost sent the other large child into like the galaxy zone of fear and then yeah just spiked it into the ground what a great into the twilight zone yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's a great scene that's lloyd's podcast the twilight zone oh my god God. that was boo boo (laughs) boo you stink um so so in terms of quality i'm just gonna keep talking yep and then it, yep nope you, you, you do your thing i just wanted to say because like I, i'm gonna agree with the with the drew here in which the quality is great and i know you have other notes to say one little nitpick you're gonna pull a me but yeah it's, no the quality of the show is great like it, it it was minus this one little nitpick go ahead it's not a little nitpick so it's i kind of nitpick again like when I when I do this to shows that I, it's because I really really like the show right like I I I know it's it's great it's wonderful but it's also like good that we critique it because it just shows that you know it, we're not just gonna kind of let it go the way it is you know you want it to be better if it can be my one Hold that grudge my one nitpick and I I truly and honestly believe that it is not little I I think it is something that is very noticeable in this core and, and has a potential of making the beginning of the second core quite awkward, which is the ending. The last episode felt very flat compared to the episode prior and not diving into the source material that much. It just basically the last episode was a a sequence that happened much earlier in the source material than what happened in episode 11. And I had thought, what happened in episode 11 with regards to um, the mission where she's like, I want to get a dog at the end. And they show these, this kennel and stuff and there's a dog and there's like this vision of the, the forger family. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And the episode ends. I'm like, Oh, this is wonderful. They're going to start going into the next sequence. And then the final episode was the aquarium episode, which again, I, you guys both know me. I love aquariums, anything aquatic life. That is up my alley. Aquatope on White Sands. Heck yeah. Wonderful. About to say, did anime. you ever finish it? Shut up. No one asked you. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. I, I know. I fell into it. But th- that's all Love just to buddy. say, too, that like the last episode just felt really awkward because the, the last scene was like, oh, uh, you know, Lloyd and, and Yor and, and Anya, they're all at the house and Anya tries to go in the room and Lloyd grabs her and then Lloyd, Anya freaks out. So then they're like, we have to cheer her up after this wonderful day out as a family. This is looking bad. And then they go off like as her little animal stuffed animals like around the street. And then the narrator's like, Anya went to the candy store and got candy and everything was better. And then end credits. It's like, uh, why? So it just say, feels weird. Like that's the ending. You say it was... Oh boy. Aqua word. I 
If you I can had, disconnect if them I had from the, the call. power, well, funny enough, I'm the one recording, so I could just mute you two, so it's only me talking for the rest of the episode, which I'm tempted to do at this point because this, you guys are both gonna give me a headache. Um, but again, it, it's 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 something that I feel like most people who who haven't obviously haven't read the source material, probably not noticeable. Um, but it just feels very strange, like they're going into the second core with like on on odd terrain of like, how are they going to start it to make it feel like it's, it's one cohesive season as opposed to this weird chop, you know, the chopped up bit of like, here's the first half, here's the second half. Like I would have thought they'd want to make it cohesive, which is why I was very, very thrown off when they, in my opinion, flip-flopped episodes 11 and 12. But again, apart from that, apart from the the consistency of the storyline, there's nothing else I can say about the show in terms of like where it can improve, where it can get better because it, it, I had high expectations. It not only met them, it went above and beyond like animation alone. We can say wit studios. Frank always says never misses. Um, Cloverworks Cloverworks has been on top of their game ever since wonder egg and promise neverland with my dress up darling and Akabee's sailor uniform from last season. Like, and the exception of Tokyo 24th Ward. This, We're not no, going to talk about no. that. Tokyo 24th Ward is a masterpiece in itself for what they did in the first five minutes, okay? Do not argue with me. <laughs> I, I, too, like cringe. <laughs> but, like, the animation, the the directors, the writers, everything about this show, I mean, was top-notch from start to finish. Like, again, it's just that one little bit for me. Um, which is why, in my opinion, the first core I'd give it, if I had to rank it, I'd say it's a 9 out of 10, just because it's that awkward footing going into the second core. But there's nothing more, you, like, I can't say anything else poorly that the show did, because they didn't do anything poorly. It was all stellar. They didn't half-ass it, they full-assed it. They yeah. full-on-assed it. Yeah, yep. and I'd have to agree. Like, it is a, a very, like, like a high 9 out of 10 for me. Like, the pacing set aside, I'm excited to see more. I'm probably going to pick up volumes while I wait. Like, it's it's one of the rare exceptions that I'm going to do homework to watch a second season, whereas most of the time I just sit here and wait and whine about it. But it's it's moving up in my rankings for, like, personal shows and like eventually I'll publicly share my anime list rankings and people can yell at me, but I loved it. And I, I don't think there's much more to say other than like watch spy family. Yeah. Usually I'm the nitpicky one. I did other than magically average is one nitpick there. Uh, I, there isn't really anything to fault with it. I thought the, the highs were high. And if there were lows, they were very mid. So they hid their lows very well. Um, but I'm excited that it's not just going to be like, it's going to be the same setup going into core two where Cloverworks and wit studios will be working on it. It won't just be one or the other. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I, this would be a high, like 9.5, 9.75 for me. Definitely. Like this wouldn't be, I don't know if I would, I want to give it a perfect 10, but I don't want to give it a perfect 10. Like, I wish my anime list would let you round, you know, round to a number like 9.75 or 9.5. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Then I probably would have less 10s because you got to round up at that point. in ratings, good sir? Blasphemy. What are you, IGN? Dear blasphemy. 
Uh, no, they don't have decimals. Oh, I thought they did. Do they? I don't think oh. they do. Well, now I someone has egg on their face. They probably have no, egg no, in my I shorts. Could we'll I could be super wrong. I could be a dummy. I'll look it up. <laughs> well, the, we'll look that up for another time. But overall, I think the consensus is Spy Family good. Watch Spy Family. IGN does not have decimals. It's all solid numbers. God damn it. You had to call me up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We appreciate any and all feedback you may have. Like I said at the top of the show, email us at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Yell at us on TikTok. And maybe eventually I'll share my anime list ranking so you can yell at me there too. I'm yelling at you already. We're always yelling at you, Drew. Time to go back to private. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.